Welcome to Theme Team. I'm Preet. I'm Adam. I'm Jeb. It's our belief that the movies that resonate with us are the ones that are trying to say something. They make some sort of statement about a better way to live. Some people call this a theme. Others call it a moral. We call it an armature. The best movies, in our opinions, are the ones that say something specific and say it well. So join us as we analyze and take apart some classic movies and see what they're trying to say. This week's movie is E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Hello everybody, um, welcome back. This week's movie was E.T. Um, personally had a lot of fun with it, what did you guys think? Uh, Adam, you hadn't seen this all the way through before, right? Correct, this was the first time I'd ever seen I think pretty much all of it. I don't know if I've even seen bits and pieces. I think it's the first time I ever saw it. Other than like riding the ride at uh, Universal Studios with the terrifying E.T. That says your name. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently that was the thing for that ride. It's like back in the day that was the amazing thing. It said your name. (laughs) (laughs) E.T. Anyways, um... Yeah, I thought it was very good. Uh, like I mentioned uh, to you guys before we recorded, I unfortunately was driving. Well, I wasn't driving. <laughs> I was in the car <laughs> while uh, I was watching it. That would be an amazing feat. Just like actually yeah. driving and then like holding your phone, watching it as well. It <laughs> would be a dangerous feat. <laughs> On the way back, this is a side tangent, but uh, Kaylee was watching Avatar The Last Airbender and I had to ask her to like tilt it away from me because I would kept like, <laughs> catching glimpses of it and it would distract me i was like this is unsafe i need to focus on the road but yes anyways i was watching it and watching et in the car and uh so there are some things that was just unfortunate it's a very dark film which is really hard to watch when it's light and i mean dark and actually like a lot of the stuff happens at night and with Mm -hmm. low lighting so when it's a really bright out it's just very hard to see a lot of the film but anyways the story very good. Um, I kind of have an idea of what I think the arbiter is, but uh, Jeb, what did you think? Yeah, that's is a uh, yeah, it's it's really it's a really good movie. Um, yeah, uh, I I uh, I. I I kind of already had a, a slight idea of, of, I guess, what to what to look for uh, going in. Since uh, this is this is one of the ones that uh, Brian McDonald does 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 mention go into a little bit as far as what it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, so is looking like okay, like what what things point to that. Uh, it, I, yeah. Oh, good. In uh, in that vein, because um, I kind of remembered a little bit of that podcast, but I, it's been a while since I had seen it, so I was, I don't know, trying to remember. But I thought the first act in this film, it it, bore, it was on that line of I think uh, too subtle. Um, I think it's it's it obviously works. It's very effective, but uh, as far as the armature. Um, which I guess we'll talk about soon here. Uh, it is hard to pick up, you know, what Elliot needs 
There's like a, a scene, maybe two scenes. Um, I guess two. I would say there's two solid scenes where you're like, okay, I see what he needs. Um, but they're very subtle. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's... Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Oh, yeah, that's what was... I was, I was thinking too. Like, like if, if maybe that was like, uh, I reinforced more, or or he had just, I, as far as, as far as uh, other thing he needs, or the or the other side of the argument. Uh, yes, because the, uh, the the art, everything uh, point forward uh, after it after it is is very clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just just setting up the other side of it. Start. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're like right there. But pre, your thoughts overall just. Uh, overall, I, I'm in a similar place to you guys. It's very good. Um, it's clear to me what he learns. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have an articulation of the armature, but um, uh, I have a. I know what it is that uh, Elliot's journey is and what that brings to him. What he what he learns from that. I just don't know how I'd put it into a sentence for an armature per se other than a statement but but yeah we are right there so we can we can go go into that so i i would say the armature is something like uh think about how other people feel yeah or you, you need right to think that, about it's... how other people feel yeah, yeah, because yeah, Verbe is just—it's he doesn't—he needs to learn empathy. Yeah, and he doesn't have it, right? And that's where he. Yeah, it's. Yeah, it's basically what I wrote down. Uh, yeah, it's wrote down. You should consider the, the feelings of others. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I only worded it that way because that's in one of those scenes in the first act. That's what his older brother tells him: "Grow up, man. Yeah, think about how other people feel for a change." Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, um, it's like that scene and it was more clear the second time I watched it. Cause the first time I watched it, I was like, I don't like, you know, like Elliot brings up like, uh, his dad's in Mexico with another woman and I kind of took it initially as sort of like child ignorance. Like he didn't, he just, he didn't know what he was causing. But then when I watched it a second time, it did seem more like snidey and intentional. Like he was trying to upset his mom. Yeah. And I, well, I think it's like once you actually know that that's where it's going, once you know that it's empathy you need to learn, you start seeing the signs for it. Hmm. Like the, you see him when the first time you see Elliot, he's in the house, the other kids are playing and he's just kind of whining to play as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, 
uh, you know, so I mean, the other kids are snot, snotty kids as well, so you don't really feel bad for them or anything. Right. Um, a funny little note when he can, so they make him go get the pizza. Like, oh, you go get the pizza, you can come, you can come back and you can play. And then the first thing he does after he gets the pizza is almost drop it. Hmm. <laughs> which, which, I was, which I never noticed before because I've, I've seen this movie a few times over the years and I was like because that's what he then does when uh, when the incident when the ball happens mm-hmm. he drops it and stamps on it running inside scared but um, he it's almost like they're saying oh he probably he could have very well done that anyway <laughs> mm-hmm. because he doesn't think because like, that's not his pizza that's not his stuff Mm. so and he's not taking care of it mm-hmm. um but yes i would agree that it's it's pretty it's pretty subtle and it takes it takes a few tries to try and uh to, to like to come to that like but once you know once you know you to once you kind of like feel out what you're looking for you start seeing all this stuff there and it starts it starts coming through a bit more clearly yeah um but it is pretty it is pretty subtle which this is good because not I guess whacking you over the head with it, but right. at the same time you don't want it to be too subtle. Well, that's what's funny is like it, it kind of, if you zoom out enough and like think of like I don't know the the tagline or the the elevator pitch like it is kind of in your face because I was thinking about this like you have a boy who needs to learn how to uh, you know feel what other people feel so then he gets an alien who he literally feels what the alien feels. Mm-hmm. And it's like that's mm. <laughs> it's a pretty blatant uh, in that way, but yeah, you're right. Just in the filmmaking and the storytelling, um, you know, it's the whole. I, oh, it's a it's a movie about aliens. You wouldn't really. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's the whole that's the art of dramatizing it, right? So mm-hmm. you you feel that, and it doesn't feel like it's hitting you in the face, even though it, you know, it kind of is. Right. Um, but. Yeah, so like that actually ends up adding to it all, um, but yeah, I think that's um, before we go deeper into it as well. I thought like one of the things that the first act does do really well though is do a pretty good job of setting up the outer boundaries. Yeah, of everything yeah. that happens because like, I mean, first scene is is the ship landing, so you're right. like, oh, okay, well, there's aliens in this movie, <laughs> right? Um, and then, uh, and then. The next thing that happens is uh, the car, uh, what we eventually find out is the government car, but the car shows up and it's uh, and it's keys. Yeah, they made a villain out of keys. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny because he wasn't really even a villain. Like, right. Once you get to but him, he's fr- kind of a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, 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 yeah, it's a brilliant villain because then, because mm-hmm. um, yeah, every single time you see him until... Uh, until you actually finally see his face in the house. It's just the keys. Even at one point, it's just a shadow and the noise of keys. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I was I was thinking that whole time. I was like, this... this I, I'm starting to get the feel of, like, I guess, a director. So that in that moment, I was like, this feels like uh, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it, um, it plays really well. Um, yeah. And then there's also a very nice, uh, 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 kind of like switch out on the audience um, when you when you then find out that he's actually he's actually a nice guy. He's not evil, mm-hmm. 
but when you're you know when you're three and a half feet tall <laughs> everyone looks evil i guess yeah because that was another perfect excuse for that too you see everything from like et or elliot's kind of height mm-hmm. yeah so uh, yeah until okay. like um uh uh all the government people enter the house you don't see the other of the face of any other adult aside from the mom. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's like, interesting. You, you, like, yeah. With the uh, teacher, you know, it's just like yeah. you know, from the waist up. See, you see your wrist. Down, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. So this may be going but, a little too for, far into it for where we are, but um, I, you kind of brought this up a little bit, Jeb. Um, with uh, the other side of the argument. So, like, E.T. is a clone character for Elliot, but, like, are any of the other characters clone characters? Because I couldn't... There wasn't, like, a huge villain for, like, I don't know, like, the ultimate not feeling what other people feel, which obviously isn't a bad thing, but that was just another thing I was thinking of when watching. Well, I think that's actually the government in that case because they aren't they're they don't necessarily mean harm but they mm-hmm. just like we know best shut up kid really? even though he's being a nice guy like uh keys is being a nice guy to elliot case. and i think he's is also like a bit of a a bit of a clone mm-hmm. character for elliot as well i think that's the only reason he says like i've been dreaming mm-hmm. of this since i was 10 years old and i'm glad he found you because you could see that being that's, you know, Elliot in 30 years or whatever, right? Yeah, that, that all makes a lot of sense. No, kind of zoomed out a bit. Because, yeah, their whole thing was just, I don't know, textbook, kind of just going to go through it. Kid doesn't know who he's talking about. And mm-hmm. even he was going to go and, you know. Yeah, uh, they don't they don't pay attention. That's because they're not trying to... Like oh we can fix this we can take care of them. and it's like mm-hmm. and the fl- even the flowers uh is like oh would you like the flowers when uh, when Elliot realizes he's awake mm-hmm. and then fakes crying um sorry this is skipping ahead a bit but mm-hmm. uh but then he sees and he like double and he double takes on the flowers yeah. and then Keys is just like oh would you like the flowers and yeah he just like goes back to fake crying again <laughs> so he's like. You can clearly see this kid's fake crying if you just pay attention, but <laughs> no, you're just going to be like, ah, oh, it's okay, kid, come on. Right, and even, like, his empathy is all surface level, because, like, even yeah. when Elliot says, you guys are going to just cut him up, it's like, yeah, you give him a second to cry with him, but you know in your head at the end of the day you're still going to cut him up. Right. Okay, that makes sense. So, I guess to go to try to get back to slowing into it. Um, yeah. <laughs> where would we say the first act ends? When E.T. When Elliot and them um, meet? Or when he says, I'm going to keep him? I, I think it's more or less uh, when they meet. Because that's when things change. Like when they proper meet. Um, yeah. Now, I think the inciting incident is the ball. Right. Um, but when he actually like goes out to find him and then meets him mm. in the uh, in whatever that field was, and then um, he's got that kind of look on his face when he he like tries to 
Like he runs back to his yard and then sees all the the playground toys and stuff swinging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's that's then the start of Act Two because now he, then he goes off. The very next thing he does is goes off to try and find him. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the point of no return or whatever the the lock in. Yeah, because I think it's kind of it's like know. he's confirmed. Like he sees his face. He's uh, he's sort of ready to. Like things have changed now. It's not just a thing. It's not yeah. just a you know a dog or a coyote or right. whatever. Yeah, everything was just speculation before, and then, and it was. Uh, all that was, all that was happening before the uh, the dinner table scene. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. which like all the. All the uh, oh. Uh, uh, a noise that footprints like uh, sort sort of it, uh, pretty much initiated that which uh, to uh, uh, study out more, more like how how Elliot reacts to things. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because the dinner table scene is kind of like the uh, the thematic inciting incident not really but as we've said like that's one of the more clear scenes where it's like all right this is what elliot needs to learn yeah yeah but i think it's just because at that point it's like being clear about like well that's this is what's going on and he's being his most clearly selfish at that point that's why he's doing he has that kind of dig at her Mm -hmm. because it's all about they don't believe him and he's like, Dad would have believed me. Yeah. And then, it, and and that's the thing. That's the really shitty thing about that scene is, like, Dad would have believed me. And, she's like, and Mom tries to be nice mm-hmm. and say, well, mm-hmm. well, why don't you you call your dad and talk to him about it? And then, so he, then he's got the dig about like he's in Mexico with with like, Sally. Sally or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it was Ooh. just like, oh, damn it, kid! Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, and then he hates Mexico. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that, that's uh, that's what it that's what it kind of feels like to me because that sort of kicks everything off. Like, and that that dinner table scene is only happening because now he's seen him, and he's trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and yeah, and I think that's so. Yeah, that's sort of basically the the kickoff of the second act uh, is when he starts going, you know, starts throwing the uh, the Reese's uh, pieces in the woods and uh, gets him to follow him back. There's also a nice touch that you see keys right there in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of that camera work in the woods was, I don't know. And this is beside what we're talking about. We're talking about story stuff, but it, it was, it looked all good. And it was just stuff I wanted to kind of log in my brain about how to establish certain things. Like, I think um, Spielberg is really good at, like, doing a couple things in one shot. It's like you may mm-hmm. s- finish one idea, and then as that's going away, the camera's panning to like now introduce the new idea or the quote unquote like punchline of the shot. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was yeah. cool. 
<laughs> no, yeah, that's that stuff's all over the place as well. Like it's, everything is purposeful. All the camera shots are purposeful. All the ideas um, that it's trying to get across visually are purposeful. Like, um, like reinforcing the whole like he's uh, sort of uh, selfish and everything. When he gets ET and he. He, like when he finds him and brings him into the house, mm-hmm. uh, you know, after like sneaking him in and everything, and then feigning, feigning being sick, which is brilliant. I always thought that was genius when I was a kid for some reason. <laughs> like the way he feigns mm-hmm. sickness, <laughs> it's just like he just pulls that light over him, puts the yeah. thermometer yeah. on it. You're taking notes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um. Uh, and then, but then when he, uh, yeah, the, so he, like he brings, um, brings E.T. out from, uh, from hiding in the closet and then it's all showing, um, it's all showing him his stuff, which A, in some ways feels natural because he's a little kid, but what's he doing? He's, he's not taking care of E.T. or anything. He's like, Hey, this is all my stuff. Hey, look at these toys I got. Aren't these toys cool? He's just trying to mm-hmm. make him a a pet or a friend of him to like right. his things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, actually, the first incident uh, of of a uh, of of them uh, uh, connected is is right at the end of that when. Mm-hmm. It, he, yeah. he asked if, if he's hungry. He's like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. Well, what's also interesting about that, though, is most of the things he's showing him in that scene is food-related, I thought was interesting. It made more sense the second time. Like, uh, I don't know. See, here's my fish. The fish eats the food, and the shark eats the fish. Uh, and then, it's like, the mm-hmm. peanut. Although you, you eat it. Although you, you can't eat this one. It's like a lot of them had to do with eating, and then he it's gives him the car or space, right? And then the car, he tries to eat the car. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all the other toys he showed him were all Star Wars toys, mm-hmm. which I thought was a fun joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, and that last that last beat is the car, and that's what he just tries to eat. I I don't care about this kid. I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's, uh, but, the, I, but that's also kind of like the, it's great because that's like the first, that's the second scene with them together and already starting to show the, the psychic bond or whatever it is that's the connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, that whole then, plot stuff isn't super well explained, which... I guess is perfect. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. can kind of. I I think they did a pretty good job at the end. You know, they showed um, ET's red glowing chest area. It showed the heart in the middle. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm I was kind of trying to infer like oh like maybe this is just part of this alien. Uh, you know, race of like they feel each other's feels. They communicate. You know, through their heart. Stuff like well, that. They, and, yeah, because yeah, they show that actually at the start, mm-hmm. um, at the very first scene when there's like ten of them walking around the woods, mm-hmm. 
one of them comes up onto the ramp, I think, and like his heart glows, and then all the other, uh, all the other ETs' hearts glow at the same time. Right. So it's like establishing right away that that's that's a thing, though maybe not making it clear what that means. But it's like this is a thing. It's important. And then when they leave, his his glow goes out. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's almost making that like it's I guess it's saying too that like they need each other and the communication of the heart to like keep each other alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they they need one another. Yeah. And they feel what each other feels. Hmm. That's cool. Um, And I think that's the thing why it feels like it's it's done really well because like all the decisions like that feel like they make sense, even though it's not kind of you don't have a well clearly they use their hearts to communicate with each other. No one has to say that. There's right? not like the the weird like astronaut theorist who has to come in. Yeah. 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 Let me explain everything. Yeah. Shut up, man. Yeah. Think we, we think they use some form of telepathy to communicate with each other. It's like, okay, or, yeah, he shows up in his RV, you know. And, like, <laughs> it's like a satellite on top. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, if the if the second act starts, I guess, yeah, when he decides to like go find him, and then he does find him. So then, more or less, the argument that's being shown there is just oh. Elliot kind of. You know the whole "I'm gonna keep him" thing, right? Like right. I don't care about you as a <laughs> your own capable, true, yeah, innate yeah. thing. You're you're my pet now. When mm-hmm. would uh, the midpoint reversal be then? Um, for me, it's as it's it feels like it's essentially when ET does uh, he's uh, wants to phone home. Mm-hmm. That was like what when I was, he yeah. figures when he figures it out. Now he has a plan. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. What was that, Jeff? Oh, that's just where my head was was going as well. Yeah, as when I watched it the second time, I was thinking that too. Which is interesting because it is more of a a plot focused midpoint reversal than a thematic midpoint reversal. Um, which is not a bad thing. Well, I sort of feel like midpoints. That seems like that seems to be what the mm. midpoint uh, reversal. At least like, if it's some of the stuff we watch, it usually ends up feeling mm. that way. What's 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 like when uh, uh, they're able to realize that that uh, ET has his his own own wants. Mm, okay, never mind. That's a good point. Right, because that's just after he started talking. Actually, that's right when yeah. e- Elliot learns that he can talk. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, that's a really good point. Because then he has to, like, contend with E.T. being... He's not a pet anymore. Right, he's... an entity. Because right before wants. that is when they learn he's an alien, mm-hmm. basically. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Because then... Yeah, now Elliot has to figure out. Yeah, because uh, 
Is it once they're in the forest with the machine that, yeah, I think it is when the aliens don't come immediately. That's when Elliot's like, you could stay here. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's starting to change. Like it, now, it's now it's he really cares for him. It's it's it sort of changes. Like he's still being selfish because he doesn't want him to leave. Mm-hmm. But it's not I want to keep you as my pet. It's 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 becoming I love you and I don't want to lose you. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um. On a before we uh, go further, one other thing I thought was really well done was how essentially the we're shown him coming up with the plan with no words. Yeah. Like, it's just him, like, he's watching TV, he's reading the comic strips, he's finding things, he's got that speaking spell. <laughs> like, he, and he's just sort of, like, figuring things out, and there's, like, that little Buck Rogers comic strip that he reads uh, that's just, like, you know, got the satellite dish, and he kind of gets the idea, oh, I can call them. And at the same time, that's why Elliot gets the kind of feeling of oh, I can call them for help and they can save me. Because mm-hmm. he says that, he sees this comic strip and he he looks at it and it says, it's got the little satellite on there and it says help. Right. There's the signal yeah. coming out. And then Elliot's like, I can save them. And it's sort of like, you know, that, that's, it's sending out the help so they will come and save E.T. And I just thought, oh, that's, that's really well done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, that's a good point. It's probably why the line E.T. phone home is so iconic because mm-hmm. it, it's it's kind of that like the characters putting it together the same time you are. It's like you already kind of figured it out. So yeah, it's just like, oh, I get it. You know, you didn't yeah. have to really t- like really spell it out for me. I get it. Right. And probably because they say it a million times, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but it has so, to have yeah, weight just... behind it for people to actually care about it. Right. It's yeah. It's not just a catchphrase. It wasn't made to be a catchphrase. It was made to be a thing that was extraordinarily clear. Mm-hmm. And because it was such a, uh, it was done so well. It became that kind of iconic line just because it was done that well. Right. It always seems to be the way. Like, because iconic lines aren't. They're not iconic lines because someone's like, I'm going to write an iconic line here. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm going to be extremely clear with a point because I need to be. And it ends up being that. Right. Um, it's also very fun. Like, right at that point, also, like, to add to the midpoint reversal stuff, that's exactly when the. Uh, the the uh, Keys uh, spy van is outside the house, and they realize mm-hmm. that, that he's there. Yeah. Yeah, because they're looking for pieces for E.T. to start making his machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh, it's all yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and I, that's the other thing, that, that like, Gertie and Mom... Are all like all all the characters are just done brilliantly well, but like it's almost slapstick, but not quite slapstick. The stuff that like happens with mom, <laughs> like you kind of you get it, especially for the era, you get it. But she's just like 
you know, she's a single mom with three kids right. and she's working. So, of course, it's just like, you know, her five-year-old daughter is saying stuff like, oh, the man from the moon is, uh, is behind the TV. Yeah, sure he is, honey. Mm-hmm. I got to get dinner already. Into the Larry walking, like, in and around the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's, you know, she's just busy doing stuff because she's got to be busy doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. The man from the moon, but I think you killed him already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, honey. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then yeah, there's this. Uh, then she finds the beer can that ET drank, and then she gets the call from the school that they think Elliot's drunk, and she's like, she sniffs the beer can, like, wait a second. <laughs> that was one of those I didn't hear the audio for. That's really funny because I was actually wondering how they were paying off the beer can. Yeah, no, that was it. Like she she, she says something like. Wait, is because she says you know you don't hear the other side of the conversation you're like oh he was feeling sick the other day and he's like, intoxicated <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, know, you know that's you just hear that in the background whilst uh whilst gertie's still trying to like i think she's watching tv mm-hmm. and she's just starting to say the letters and stuff yeah and then he comes up with b and you're like but you can talk mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was great. And then the way they use Gertie as well, just be like, you know, a, like an absolute like five, six year old kid, uh, like, uh, uh, screams when she first sees him and then just keeps screaming and then, you know, dresses him up like a girl when she's by herself with him. Actually, um, the first time I watched it, it was almost distracting how good of an actress she was at that age. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Like, I always imagine it to be, like, a, a layer of, you know, like, oh, it's a kid actor, kind of cheesy. But, no, it was, it was just, like, I'm so mad how good she gets. Yeah, it's ridiculously good. And, then, and I think it's also, like, the and then, and then the, the way they wrote what she does and the choices they had mm-hmm. for her. Like, um, like, when they escape with E.T., just jumping ahead for a sec. And they give her a note to give to mom. And we don't see that. We don't see that happen, mm-hmm. right? We just see her walking up with the note. And she's like, mom, are the boys gone? She's like, mom's like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm not supposed to give you this until they're gone. That's what they told me. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> give that to me now, honey. And it was just like, oh, that's fantastic. Because you can totally see the kid's plan. Right. You don't yeah. have to see the plan being made. You just know that, oh, they told her, we're right. going to go get E.T. out of here, give yeah. this note to mom when we've gone. Yeah. So the first thing she did was just walk to mom. Yeah, and as uh, uh, her and the mom are, are, are driving out, uh, uh, Akis asks where, where they're going, <laughs> and she just sticks it out of the window. The spaceship! The spaceship. <laughs> right. The spaceship. Go back to the moon. <laughs> yeah. That. I forget the actress's name, but. Uh, uh, Drew impre- Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, yep. She was almost better back then than she was as an adult. <laughs> Shots. <laughs> <laughs> Well, never gonna get Drew Barrymore in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I've only seen her in like Fever Pitch, which is like a rom com. So it's not not giving her the best 
<laughs> material. That was a remake as well. Oh, was it? Off topic. It's a remake. I think there's a, I think there's, a there's a British movie called Fever Pitch, which is also a rom com, and they just mm-hmm. changed the sport. <laughs> okay. Because the British one, it's it's uh it's soccer. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I think in in I'm assuming I don't I can't remember. I'm assuming it's you know American football or baseball or something. It's baseball, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it has to do with the yeah, Reds. So. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, ET. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, one of, um, yeah, and I think that's just like the funny little nods everywhere I think are just really, really good like that. And the, the choices that they make for all that stuff just is perfectly fitting. Um a fun little thing I noticed in the uh, in the uh, release of the frogs scene mm-hmm. is uh, right at the end when he goes to kiss the girl because and he's because he's watching that scene on the old movie whatever the old movie he's seeing on TV is mm-hmm. uh, the kid that he steps on so he can get up to her height to kiss her is the is the kind of mean bully looking kid that won't give his frog up. It's the same. Oh, is it? <laughs> like, because that kid's clearly he's just a kind of big, chubby, tough would be the bully in the class kid, and that's but that's all we ever get because we never see him in class. Other than that, so it's like clearly that kid's supposed to be the bully. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Don't get off my frog, asshole! That's mine." <laughs> but that's the exact kid he stands on when he gets. I was like, "That's a nice touch." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was also a little confusing to go back to the first act a little bit. Was at the dinner table conversation, and you know, they're he's still trying to convince him that he's seen something. And uh, I think his mom says, "Well, if you see it again, you know, don't go near it. We'll have someone take it away." And Elliot's response is, "But they'll give him a lobotomy or do experiments experiments on it or something." Like it's interesting that they gave him some empathy there. Because, yeah. you know, I feel like it, like that was his concern later, too. And then also with the frogs, like that's that whole parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think at that. Sorry. Go oh, ahead. You, you actually did think of that, that too. That, yeah, it wasn't it that they. Uh, I did get give that line because. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so it yeah, like by by the uh, a, a point where the where the frogs happens, it yeah, it seems like that would be um, um, um more of a jump in growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think it, it may also just be that at that point it's still he's still in, but I want him kind of mm. thinking but yeah it's interesting that they do use that that same line and bring it back and that's a nice actually a nice touch with the that's you know they're gonna dissect the frog mm-hmm. that's what they would do with uh et right yeah that's it's, that's actually a a, a a pretty poignant touch mm-hmm. that you know and then that's and then he lets him go so they don't do that mm-hmm because that's the other thing as well. Just because 
he died and that's what they were going to do. If the government guys got him, eventually that's what they would do to him then as well. If he lived. Yeah. Right. Or at least that's the implication. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but yeah, well, then, so, but yeah, so that, from that point you get the midpoint being the ET phone home mm-hmm. and then government guys being, uh, knowing he's there. So now they're clearly planning on doing something about that. Right. Um, I think it's pretty. Well, I guess they build the thing, go in the forest, and then they, that's Halloween. Yeah, but they start hinting also that ET's not feeling well. Yeah, and Elliot's like, no, 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 he's fine, he's fine. Right. Like Mike keeps saying, like he's not, he doesn't look too good, and then later he brings up, like, you hear him breathing? He doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And I. I guess that probably shows that, like, that's probably what also makes uh, Mike a bit of a clone character because he's a little bit more mature. Mm-hmm. He's not a hundred percent more mature. He's still a he's still a bit selfish and a bit of a jerky kid, but he he's got some perspective because he's a bit older and he understands. Right, like even how he cares for his mom. Right, yeah, and then, yeah, like you like, said, that whole he's not he doesn't look too good. <laughs> Right, yeah, because he's like, uh, he's, he he yells at Elliot for being for saying the jerky thing, but then it's like, oh, <clears throat> okay, do the dishes. Uh, uh, I I did them. I set up, so it's Elliot's turn. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 I I set up. Oh, well, I did the breakfast. You know, I and then Gertie's like, I did breakfast. It was actually so, a uh, highly relatable scene growing up in a family <laughs> of four children. <laughs> I did breakfast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and he's, uh, uh, and also Michael is never, uh, told by Elliot, like, uh, you know, like, like, they's communi- communicating the way he is, like, he, he just, uh, uh, picks up on on that you know starting with the you know what's with all this we stuff and then mm-hmm. there's yeah the scene later where, with uh you know when et starts being questioned when i uh, know uh, before that uh oh. et starts built starts bu- building the other uh, thing and it and asks oh yeah like what what was he feeling right now uh Mm, yeah. that, oh, mm-hmm. he's feeling everything yeah, yeah. right yes and, yes that was the one line I was trying to remember yeah because uh, yeah, that's when he, and then when uh, when they finally when the uh, when the government shows up it's uh, like the, they're being questioned and he asks uh, the, the one guy's asking Mike he's like oh so they communicate and he's and it's like so Elliot thinks his thoughts. And he's like, no, no, no. Elliot feels his feelings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that, that, that right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It is funny to again zoom out a little bit. Like most people are gonna walk walk away from this film and be like, oh, it's a movie about an alien, or it's like, no, it's a movie about empathy. It's a movie about feeling mm-hmm. each other's feelings. 
It's just so interesting stories yeah. how they do that. <laughs> and it does it really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the thing. It's. I think that's the that's the thing I've kind of found with stories. Like it's. Even though, you. I feel like you kind of need to know something about stories to start understanding them at this level. Mm-hmm. Um, but it works when even when you don't. Like mm-hmm. I, I've only started to understand this stuff relatively recently, but I've loved this movie since I was like five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like saw so this movie when I was a kid, and it stuck, and it, you know. I'd have told myself it was because oh, it's got aliens in it. Uh, no, it's not because yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that's not why it works. That's not you know, it's not that thing. That's not the thing that makes it stick. Um, it's because it's saying something more. What's it? And then it's just doing it in a really, really uh, clever and unique way. What's interesting about that too, and I'm you guys may have had a different experience with it than me, but like when. In the crisis of the film, when uh, um, you know when ET dies, and then Elliot's like, "I love you," like I didn't find that scene as the emotional scene. I found the ending actually more emotional when uh, mm-hmm. he's actually letting him go, which is interesting because yes. that is the conclusion of the armature. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just further confirming that whole like. No, it's not because it's a sad scene. It's because, like, there is something deeper that you have, like, picked up all these clues emotionally this whole time. And then here is yeah. the payoff, and you you really feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've finished my, my most recent watch of the movie, like, you know, at this point, about an hour and a half ago, I was in tears. <laughs> it was the end of the movie, and I was like, Wow. <laughs> right. It doesn't help. I was sitting next to my wife, and she's kind of in tears, and we had the dog with us, and like we love our dog, and the dog's just like all over us, snuggling as well. Probably didn't help, but I was just like, "I'll be right here." <laughs> it's just that's it. I I don't know how to articulate it. Like mm-hmm. an emotional argument is something. That is beyond words as far as, like, how to explain it. It's so nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I think that's the thing, like, that it's... I, I think it's it's got to kind of work that way, right? Because it's... You... The big emotion, like you said, the big emotional punch is right at the end. But the... You know... But yes, the... the the quote-unquote sad kind of point, or the crisis point, is that beat when E.T. is, as far as we know, gone at that point of the story. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he dies, and then Elliot's saying goodbye, and he says, I love you. Mm-hmm. But that's him making the turn, and that's, you know, the start of Act 3, then. Right. But I think that's the thing. It's like, because it's such a quick, he says, I love you. Like, he talks to him and said, you feel upset, but you're kind of like, you're also just, you're lost. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, because he's lost. Like, now what? Yeah. Everyone is just like, well, what right. do we do? Even the government people are like, we lost him. Because even though they had their agendas or whatever, they were genuinely trying to save him. 
Mm-hmm. They just didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. But they it's not like they weren't trying. Right. Um, and then... Uh, so it was very clever. Also, interesting framing. And just in going back to like like some of the camera work stuff. When he's talking to him, the door is up. And he's basically looking at him through a window. Mm-hmm. And he can't get to him. Hmm. Interesting. And then he, and it's just like, and that whole time, it's like, uh, E.T. is in front, and we have the framing, and he's just got this kind of, like, little porthole window. Mm-hmm. And Elliot's on the other side of it talking to him. Right. Like, he needed that separation or something. Hmm. Um, and then when he closes, as soon as he closes it, he sees, and he starts walking away, he sees the flowers. Mm-hmm. And then comes back and you see the glow. Right. Like as soon as you come back, before he even opens it, you see the glow coming out of the window. Right. And uh, an interesting point that actually Jenna mentioned when we were watching is that it doesn't really make clear whether it's like Elliot saying, I love you. Or I think it, it probably like logically it's more that like the others were coming back. Maybe, but it doesn't say it because it doesn't have to. Cause it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. I think they like that's a that's a. Oh, oh, what, what, what is? Isn't there a, there a line that like uh, how they're like they're coming or something like that? Or there, it is a, there is a line that he says they're coming back. Like he asks them, he asks ET, like does this mean they're coming back? And he's like, yes, but that's like the glow. But it doesn't make clear if that's why he's now alive again. Um, okay. yeah. yeah um because it also doesn't really matter right yeah um i guess like but like when i try and think of it logically i guess it kind of makes sense that you know he gets sicker and sicker because they're gone for longer and longer and as they start coming back he comes back but then it's all like so but it's just kind of anyway the it the i like i it's it's not clear but it doesn't have to be because it's not the point Mm-hmm. This is what I'm trying to get at. Like, but he comes back, and now it's the test. It's like the, it's uh, the, the conclusion or um, synthesis of the uh, of the armature at that point. Because that's basically that's Act Three, and it starts immediately because now everything Elliot does is for ET. It's not. It, he's not like we gotta go and hide you. It's, we got to get you out of here because they're coming, and we've got to get you to them. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, there's uh, uh, a beeline it, yeah, straight through where the communicator was. Right. Yeah. Um, before we go into, like, um, third acty stuff i um one thing that i did want to talk about was when this when nasa and the government quote-unquote government shows up um and, and they're all in their spacesuits right um because it oh it's like like it does like logically it does that's another thing that it doesn't really make any sense why you know yes you think an alien's there, but what help is a spacesuit gonna do you, kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I think it's 
I think all of that is just another like visual clarity thing because a bunch of spacemen are invading their home. Hmm. In that in that moment, mm-hmm. like they try and like mom gets Elliot, uh, Mike's got Gertie, and she's like get out of the house. And then as soon as you get down there, the first thing you see is the the spaceman walking up, mm-hmm. and it's just a monster. Yeah, because it kind of like the first time you see that, uh, it's terrifying. You know what what the heck? And you can't the the it's down, so you don't see a face. You just see the mirror mm-hmm. and. As soon as he starts, he's got a weird kind of plodding walk and then kind of just lifts his arms up like Frankenstein right. and starts coming at them. And yeah, it's just, yeah, the, no, the, the, you know, spacemen are invading at that point mm. and they're, they're actually the humans. Yeah. It, yeah. On a, like, like, uh, a logical level, like, you know, kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, like oh, just in case, you know, like get the the beavis suit, but yeah, I think, uh, like the decision to have 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 some some have some some to start start in a house that looked the looked the least human and and mm-hmm. yeah had had their face covered up is like yeah the. Uh, the blue suits, uh, you know, I could see their face and everything. Yeah, yeah. where it's just mm-hmm. as uh, uh, a dark, reflective face. Yeah, you know, they can see. You know, it's like, yeah, and with <laughs> and with the context that the characters have, like, like they have no idea <laughs> what's going yeah. on. Yeah, right, right. Especially the mom. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's that's why it ends up being terrifying because she's scared because this, you know, this weird alien body's in her bathroom upstairs, and she's like, "We gotta get the hell out of here." And then she sees that when she comes down, and like she's scared. Even though, like, you get why the kids are scared. That's a monster to them, right? You know what the heck that thing is. Um, speaking about the, you know, the the spacesuit guys coming in. But that's exactly her reaction, too. She's just terrified. It's like, what is happening? And then she kind of just has the break, like, when the uh, the one starts just, like, coming in through the window just to be, like, this. it's it's all just, yeah. like, going to give you a bunch of horror movie beats here. Because yeah. now, like, you know, the one appears from the hallway, then that one starts smashing its way in through the window, and then she's just like, this is my house! Mm-hmm. Cut. <laughs> It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. This is what you would actually do. It's like, what the hell is going on, you weirdly dressed morons? Get the hell out of my house. Right. Speaking of which, I also like her her initial reaction to seeing it, E.T. Yeah, like, you know, it's like, like, oh, you made this. Like, that's great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, just, like, yeah, because yeah, that's where you do you try to rationalize it first. Yeah, it's, yeah, because yeah, they all do. Uh, well, I guess Elliot's the only one that doesn't, but that's you know, um, I think I think Mike does as well for a second. It's like that's a whoa, what? Mm-hmm. Like he's just got like a smile on his face. Like that's not a mm-hmm. what the what what the hell is that? And Gertie just starts screaming. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. She, she does. Yeah, because she's five. It's perfect. It's like, it's like that's strange. What is that? <laughs> Which is actually exactly what Elliot does when he sees him in the, in the field. Right. 
Um, the, uh, but yeah, I think that. Oh, I actually want the backtrack just for a second. That was another nice touch when he, like the way they way they set up the time passing, like, uh, when uh, when they go to set up the machine. Okay. Like, because they're gonna go trick or treating, so that's the excuse that they can go out. <clears throat> so they sneak out, uh, sneak ET out of the house, making mom think it's Gertie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like back an hour after sundown or whatever, or sunset. And then, like, you leave the house and you can see the sun in the sky as they're walking away, like, but it's coming down. They go meet Gertie. <clears throat> By the time they're there, sun is already setting. It's like, it's, it's like on the horizon. So it's like, so already you're getting knowledge. You're like, they're, like, they have, they still have to set up the machine. Like, this, they're not going to have enough time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's already dark by the time they get there to set things up. Because, right. yeah, he fly, when he flies for the first time, they're, you know, it's already nighttime. Right. Because when you get have the iconic uh, uh, moon shot. Yeah, it was actually even a little confusing because. You know, the mom said, be back an hour after sundown, and they left kind of in the day. And then it was immediately, like, sunset, and then it was immediately dark. But all yeah, the of one, that was the one, what you were saying, just passing time. Yeah, it's the one thing that I did find a little confusing there is, like, it's not entirely clear that when she leaves, she's mad about them. Or at least I, this time is the time I noticed it. But I remember previously not really un, not catching on that that's what was happening in that bit in that moment. Mm-hmm. But she's she told them to be home. None of them are home. Right. And, you know when she's putting all the candles out, and she's mad about that. But then she's muttering about Mexico again when she leaves. Mm. And it's like, oh, because it's just her being, like, you know, putting it all together or whatever. Um, or maybe thinking, like, oh, did, did, did Dad show up and, like, take him somewhere or something? Mm. Or, But it's all just like, you know, she's now truly concerned. Because um, I'm assuming Mike and, I think they even, I think Mike says it, like, Mike and Gertie are waiting where they met him. Mm-hmm. So they could kind of go back together. Right. And then yeah, and that's why they're when they're back at the house, it's Mike and Gertie are there, and Mom's on like talking to a police officer or whatever. Mm-hmm. When when Mike finds ET the next morning, he looks real gross. <laughs> he does. There's <laughs> a little raccoon or something like puttering yeah. yeah. around by his head. Oh. No. Which I think was a CG <laughs> raccoon. I'm not sure, but <laughs> hmm? yeah, movie was made in 1982, so it had it had some f- that feel to it. <laughs> no, it, it, it it was a real raccoon, because <laughs> uh, just a bad actor. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like no natural. <laughs> Float. Well, is this my scene? Uh, what's my motivation, director? Floats across screen a little bit. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess then. I mean, we've talked about the crisis a little bit. Like then, 
goes into yeah i guess what you guys were saying like um the government is the ultimate clone character for not having empathy for something so then that's the extreme um Elliot's uh, crisis is more of a turn. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, the script that I sent you guys. It's a shooting script, so a lot of the lines are different, and I just jumped ahead to that scene. And it, Elliot's line is completely different in this. It's, I thought mm-hmm. I'd get to keep you forever, and I had a million things to show you. E.T., you were like a wish come true, but it wasn't even a wish I knew I had till you came to me. Have you gone to someplace else now? Mm. Yeah, I can imagine my, like, I think it's sort of like similar feelings, but I guess maybe even day day of or close to day of, I could see them changing that because it's interesting. It doesn't feel like something a child of that age would say that way. Hmm. What's interesting, this, uh, I feel like this is a little stronger for the armature, but also, I have confidence in Steven. Um, but, so he says that, and then he says, I'm going to think of you every day, all of my life, I'm going to believe in you all my life. And then, it's then when Elliot notices the light glowing, so then E.T. wakes up, and E.T. says, E.T., phone home. And Elliot's like, oh, okay, E.T., come home. And then Elliot says, E.T., stay. And then E.T. phone home. And then Elliot says, I'm taking you home, E.T. Yes, E.T. home. But first, stay. Yes, stay, please. So, I'm not, I haven't read the whole script, but if this is saying what I think it's saying, it's Elliot's still trying to keep him at this point. Whereas then, kind of what we said, like in the third act, it's the most emotional when he's actually letting him go he's doing what is best Mm -hmm. for uh, E.T. not for himself Mm. right so that scene from the script is happening when E.T. like comes back to life yeah correct I I think that's I wonder if that's why he changed it because it's third act and so now it's actually clearer like I think third act basically starts when E.T. wakes up. Mm-hmm. So now Elliot, because he said I love you, he un- like he understands, he now has empathy, so now he's putting that to the test. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's, uh, you know, uh, like he understands E.T. saying E.T. phone home, and that's why he's like, oh, yes, no, we've got to get you the hell out of here now. Mm-hmm. But you know, ET doesn't really know what's going on, and then they have the fun scene of him trying to like, "I'm really happy you're alive. Shut up. Get back in the bag." It's <laughs> <laughs> like I oh, gotta get you out of here, but sh- just shut up. <laughs> Zipping his face up. Yep, yep. <laughs> ET fun home. <laughs> um. And then, yeah, it's all, like, he goes, he runs to, like, he covers him, he gives him, he puts his, uh, puts his robe on E.T.'s heart so it doesn't glow through so the the scientist guys don't see it. And then he runs and tells Mike so they can, like, figure something out, come up with a plan mm-hmm. um, to get him out of there by, you know, stealing the, uh, stealing the van. Which is another just brilliant scene of the, like, they're, 
trying to get away with it. <laughs> they, they managed to get to the van, but then it's just like, it just goes downhill from there. Like, mm-hmm. dudes just walking past like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it's yeah. like, I'm the driver. It's like, okay. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> Open the door, kid. <laughs> I've never driven forward before. <laughs> yeah. I actually loved that setup and payoff. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was like, it was really well, really well done. Like the <laughs> crashing the car into the wall slightly when he's just trying to back up the driveway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to the grass and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, then there's like, it, it Pulling away, pulling up to his D and D buddies, and just being like, be, you know, meet us at this place or whatever, and get the bikes so they can. Uh, and they're all they're on board because they're friends, even though they've not been in most of the movie, but they're friends and they've been seeing what's happening. So it's just like, okay, our friend needs help, and we're D and D buddies, so we will do this because this is our guild or whatever. <laughs> I was like, these are weird, interesting, nice touches. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, um, a beat that did make me laugh um, this time was when, like, when they get there, like, so they they get to the park or whatever it is, the playground, and the uh, his uh, the D and D buddies arrive with the bikes and everything, and then the back of the van opens up, and you just basically need he's there and he's just being space Jesus in the back of the van. Right. Like arms spread and his heart's glowing super bright and in robes and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a it's an upshot at him too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, they, they leave run like they have the fun uh, outrunning the cops. I wonder actually if that whole like that dopey government vehicle thing is another. It probably. I want. It's probably another because it's mainly from the kid's perspective. Okay. So that's what it. You know. So it's not. It's not NASA and the police and you know and the CIA or the FBI or whoever else was probably there. It's just the government. Right. 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 Hmm. So that's all the vehicles are. All the vote vehicles mm-hmm. just like kind of these dopey weird vehicles, and it's just like it's just because it's from their perspective, mm-hmm. or may you know it may have been just because that was budget and that's what they could get, and they just did that, right. did what they did, but it just worked out. But it just seems to fit yeah. <laughs> with everything else. Yeah, yeah. The last uh, thing I have to say about it, and um, in the third act is. Uh, the nice bringing it back around to uh, the mo- the relationship between Ellie and his mom. So when he's hugging E.T., mm-hmm. he looks over at his he mom. He looks over. And, like, yeah. You know, you, you kind of feel, uh, oh, like, maybe I should care about what other people feel. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm kind of a shithead to my mom. Yeah. That's, I, nice. that's Yeah, that's the... Yeah, the, it's a really nice touch. The that that moment they have at the end when you're just looking at her, and well, that whole beat, like the when he's saying goodbye to to all the kids, mm-hmm. like he says goodbye to to Gertie, and she gives him the plant and gives him a cute little kiss on the nose, and then uh, I can't, I can't I think he's 
he does it earlier, but like he uh, E.T. has that reaction when Mike touches him. Because I guess the first time he touches him when he was like like touching him to be show like caring, like every other time it's just been like, I gotta hold your hand so I can lead you over here, kind of thing. Mm. Um, or like knocking his hand away when E.T. saw the fake knife in his head and he's like, ouch. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but um, the the really nice touch for me is when it's when he's when it's him and Elliot and he says to Elliot, come, like, come with me. Mm-hmm. And then Elliot just says, stay. Cause they both know that they can't do what the other is asking. Yeah. Right. And it's just, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then like his finger glows and he just points to his heart and says, ouch. And he's like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that was done well that was done very well like got some got some heartstrings right here you know <laughs> uh, just yank on these a little bit yeah as far as I can tell again um, I have not read this shooting script all the way through but it looks like that was all added uh, by Spielberg hmm Yeah, that guy's on his game. Uh no, okay, never mind. I found the scene. So okay. Melissa wrote that. Where'd you go, Melissa? Yeah. Well, she was on her game. Yeah. Just... Damn. Yeah, this Yeah, this This is really, really good. Yeah. There's um there's something else that kind of this is it's a silly kind of filmmaking detail-y thing, but um, it's something that I've like I've grown to appreciate a lot more um, as we've kind of been going through like, these movies, and as we've been even before we started going through these movies, like talking about story in general, as we've been on our kind of learning more about storytelling journeys that we've collectively kind of been on, mm-hmm. um, like making choices because they're the right choices for the story and not because they'd be neat yeah. or interesting or cool. Yeah. Like there's that, it's like, like the spaceship had that kind of that, that ramp and then it had that door and the door was this kind of weird kind of like articulating door that kind of like goes around. It's got these five leaves that come out and you're like, Oh, because it's an alien door. And it's like, no, no, it's because that last shot, when you see ET, the door can close. And the last thing you see is his heart. Yeah. <laughs> and it all focuses and it's just all pointing at the heart. And it's the last thing you see. And it's like, yeah, that's why that door's like that. Mm, did notice that too. That's crazy. I did not. That sounds awesome. Yeah. It's like, it's the last shot you see of ET, right? As he's like, he's standing there with the plant. Uh, on the ship and it's just you know, he's only in silhouette because there's a bright light behind him mm-hmm. so you just see silhouette and then you just see his heart glowing mm-hmm. and then yeah it's like dead center on the on the doorway as it closes it's just his heart and you're like man you know what <laughs> it's like it's like these people knew what they were doing or something. <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. that's dope uh wheel yeah uh we're an hour and 16 in 
long one tonight. This is a two-hour long sure. film, so... Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a damn good movie, and there was a lot to talk about in there. That's so. true. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, everybody have a good week. Take care, yeah. everyone. See you all next week. See you. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can do so at the Theme Team Facebook page or on Twitter at Theme Team Pod. We hope you can join us again next time for the 1944 classic Double Indemnity, written and directed by Billy Wilder.